Any other thing since a crack was made while I was up there about age? <laughs> Beth Poole is older than me. Okay? Not for the whole year. Well, not for the whole year, but you are right now. You are right now. Uh, thank you all so much, and I hope all you kids, I hope you guys have had a good time. Let me uh, read a verse that was on my mind. Two verses, actually. Psalm 37, 25 and 26. Okay, David said... Some of us can testify of this, Beth. I have been young, and now I'm old. There you go. There's your word. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. He is ever lending generously. Listen to this. Here's how we end up. And his children become a blessing. I, I think it's no secret that our country is going through some hard times. And families are going through hard times as well. And so uh, that's why these verses kind of bless me because we do this type of ministry so that the Word of God is put into the hearts of children. Okay? Does that matter? Does that matter? There are a lot of things when I was a kid that I, I don't remember. But I heard uh, Dr. Ben Carson today, neurosurgeon, and he said that uh, one time they took an 85-year-old man... They drilled a hole in the side of his skull. They put a probe in there, and he quoted verbatim a book that he had read 60 years earlier. You know what that means? Everything's up there. Retrieval, that's another problem, right? But it's all up there. And so it does matter when we do this. And I thought about it like this in these verses, that there is an inevitable process. They don't think they're going to get old. How many of you did not think you were going to get old. They say that uh, inside of every old person is a young person that looks in the mirror and says, what in the world happened? It's the way it is, isn't it? It happens to everybody. It's been going on for all of these years, ever since Adam and Eve and David knew that. I've been young and then I was old. But then he said, secondly, that there is an incredible promise. Okay, No matter who's in the White House... No matter what the economy is like, no matter what the culture is, there's an incredible promise. But I've never seen the righteous forsaken. That's what uh, Dale was talking about a while ago. God doesn't take a break. He's always with us. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. And then you know what else it says? Or his seed begging bread. God is our provider. Well, we need to get to know him. And we get to know him through his word. And that's why when you help your children with their verses, that's going to benefit you as well because you need to know and learn those as well. And then when uh, I think about the next thing that comes up, I uh, think about the fact that the Bible talks about never seeing the righteous forsaken or his seed begging for bread. What does it mean to be righteous? And this is probably the most important thing that we'll ever face. Who are the righteous people? People that go to church all the time. People that are religious. No, not really. Because probably everybody in here could name somebody who is quote-unquote religious. But they're a hypocrite. They're mean. They don't practice what they preach. They don't live the way they believe. Going to church will not make you righteous. Giving money won't make you righteous. 
Doing those kind of rituals won't make you righteous. Coming to Awana won't make you righteous. You see, when the Bible talks about it, it says all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. That means we've broken God's law. We've lied. We've stolen. We've had lust in our hearts toward other people. We failed to honor our father and our mother. We've had uh, unwarranted anger. All of those kind of things that come up. And God's just not going to let that slide any more than if somebody broke into your house and uh, stole things from you, you would not appreciate a judge that said, ah, just don't do it again. Uh, there's a penalty that has to be paid, and the same thing is true with our sin. But here's the good news. This wonderful, kind, good, gracious God sent His Son to live a perfect life as God in flesh, die on the cross, and He took the punishment that we deserve and bore the wrath of God. And then God showed that he accepted that sacrifice by raising his son from the dead. And the Bible says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, God will take your sin, put it on Jesus, and take the righteousness of Jesus and put it on your account. And it's all by faith in what he has done. That's why it's called the gospel and it's good news. And there's something that happens after we become righteous by trusting in Christ. And that's the next thing in this verse. There's an instinctive and loving response to that. We become generous. We want to share the good news of Christ with other people. We want to share our time. That's why these workers do what they do. It's not like they're not busy. They're busy. But they love your kids. And they love the Lord. And they love you. And so they are generous and, uh, you know, in the days that David wrote this, lending, well, a lot of people, you know, they couldn't afford to give up much, but they could lend you a horse or a donkey or something like that to do your work. They could do, uh, give you food. They could do those type of things because that's what righteous people do. They love to give for the glory of God. And then the last thing is that there's an investment to anticipate. That last phrase and his children become a blessing. Now, they may not always be a blessing right now. There are hard times as a parent. There are tough times as a parent. There are those times you don't know what to do. There are those times when you are frustrated. There are those times when you cry out to God and you try to get help anywhere you can. But your child is a unique creation of God. And there's not always a, a book that you can go and uh, buy from Amazon or something that's going to go, How to Make Little Sally a Good Girl. Doesn't work like that, does it? You say, well, those people have experience with their kids, yeah, but not with yours. Yours are unique. And so you've got to know your kids. You've got to pray for your kids. And you've got to model those things for your kids and pour the Word of God into your kids. Will they rebel? Some of them do. Will they always appreciate it? Some of them won't. But remember the verse that Dale uh, quoted earlier. When they are old, meaning mature. That doesn't mean they're going to, when they're 80, boom, everything comes together. They may not live that long. But when they are mature, is what that word means, um, then they return to it. it. It does its work in their life. And so I'd like to close with a word of prayer. And first of all, just to say this, if you talking to parents and grandparents, if you're not sure of your salvation, we would love to talk to you. And any of these uh, adults here in their shirts will uh, be happy to help you. I'll be happy to help you. And uh, we've been there, been there and done that. Okay. And if you want to know more or you've got questions about it, we'd be happy, 
happy to help you in any way that we can. And then the other thing is, let's ask the one who really does care the most and has the power to do something about it to bless what's been done this year in the Awana Clubs. Can we do that? Let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Father, first of all, I pray that you've been glorified through this entire program. And we pray, Lord, that uh, the children that have gone through this and learned your word, we pray above all that they've come to know you and they know you better and more about you. And pray that you're planting your seed in their heart that will come to harvest someday. And we pray, uh, Lord, that that would be sooner rather than later. And we pray that you would nurture that seed, water that seed. And we thank you, Lord, for these workers who have taught and labored diligently. And we pray, Lord, that their passion for this would increase. We pray that even over the summer that they would be growing themselves, learning the Word of God themselves. And we pray that they would be ready when the fall comes, fired up and ready to teach children and lead children to faith in Christ. We pray, Father, for parents that they are all saved and that they know Christ as Lord and Savior. And we pray that uh, if they don't, they would come to know you and have eternal life as a free gift from God through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Having their sins forgiven and the wrath of God put on Jesus and the righteousness of Christ put on them. Bless them. Bless marriages. Bless their parenting and bless them as they make a living. Bless them as they relate to neighbors and friends and extended family. And we pray, Father, that you would keep them healthy and strong and that this summer would be a great blessing to every family represented here. Bless our church. Bless us individually. And may everything that we do, say, and think bring the glory and honor to you that you deserve. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Thank you.